Welcome to our continuing 2019 educational webinar series. I'm Katherine Short, Partnership Marketing Manager for FIRST Healthcare Compliance. At FIRST Healthcare Compliance, we help you with a comprehensive compliance management solution tailored to your business, a hospital, hospital network, healthcare practice of any size, billing company, or skilled nursing facility. As part of our complimentary educational webinar series, we bring you experts from around the country to discuss relevant topics in the healthcare industry. We are so pleased to have Siobhan Adkins, the founder of Medical Receptionist Network with us today. She is also the practice manager for Advocare Newborn Network. Siobhan has over 16 years of experience in healthcare and front desk operations. Her previous experience as an office manager provided the opportunity to directly manage and develop employee and patient relationships. Siobhan also improved daily processes within the office setting by creating and enforcing policies, procedures, and creating a new employee recognition program for the organization while overseeing a multi-office practice. Siobhan is the author of Medical Receptionist Handbook to Success and has had articles published in the Paycom Journal. She also hosts a podcast show for medical receptionists and healthcare administrative professionals. Siobhan began her college education at Bennett College in Greensboro, North Carolina, and DeVry University in North Brunswick, New Jersey, and went on to earn her Master of Public Administration with a concentration in Health Services Management from Keller Graduate School of Management. Siobhan has been an active member of PACOM Delco chapter since 2015. A copy of the slides is available for download on the control panel. Feel free to submit questions into the question box on your control panel during the presentation. We will address questions at the conclusion of the presentation. Your PACOM and PMI CEU certificates will be emailed to you following the broadcast. Your PACOM certificate will come directly from PACOM and your PMI certificate will come from our email. There's no need to request either one. Additional CEU opportunities will be available to BC Advantage members following the live broadcast. See their website for details. A download of the handout is available with a button on the bottom right-hand side of your screen. So without further ado, welcome Siobhan. Hi, Catherine. Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. So happy to be here today. Um, we are going to jump right into front desk success with medical receptionist engagement. Today, we're going to discuss quite a few different areas that have to do with our front desk, uh, starting with workflows and processes that work for your front desk, creating and communicating realistic expectations of medical receptionists, expanding roles at the front desk, improving low morale and job complacency, addressing inter-office conflict head-on, and communication behind the desk. Patient interaction and customer service, along with the 360 view and meeting differently, and supporting your front line. Front desk operations has always been very important to me. Uh, I started my career as a medical receptionist and having the opportunity to work with me many medical receptionists over the years, I have uh, found that concentrating on our front line is extremely important to our overall operation. So we're gonna get started today with workflows. 
the importance of front desk workflows. In order to have an operation that, that works very well for your office, you have to make sure that everyone knows exactly what they need to do in various situations that may occur at the front desk. So having workflows that are up to date and uh, very organized is very helpful to your front desk. For instance, if um, there is a specific way that check-in must be processed, having you know bullet points for your front desk to have access to and reference is very important. Now, it may not only be with your systems, but perhaps it's how calls are responded to, how um, pharmaceutical reps are addressed. Having workflows for anything that your front desk does is very helpful to them as a reference point, and it helps them not to interrupt each other to ask questions and also take some of the weight off of you of having you know people always coming to you for things that they should already have access to, uh, you know, to that information. So the consistency across the board is very important. So when you have things in writing, you're gonna have consistency amongst your medical receptionist and your front desk because they're all referencing the same information and they know how to deal with each situation the same way. Uh, obviously, there are going to be times when you have to stray away from your general workflow, but for the most part, you want to make sure that specific steps are taken to get to the end results. And you also want to follow up with your staff regarding your workflows. You want to make sure that they're working and that your staff is able to execute them the way that you have intended for them to be completed. And when are they needed most? A lot of times we, we think that, oh, the things that we do every day is where we're gonna need them the most. You wanna have those in place. Um, however, when we do something every day, we tend to remember those the most. So you wanna look at the things that only happen every now and again um, so that you can create workflows for that as well. So perhaps you have, you know, maybe twice a month, someone walks in your office that doesn't have an appointment or they're upset over a billing issue, but again, they're walking in the office, they don't have an appointment, they didn't set up any type of meeting, and you wanna make sure your staff knows what to do in that situation. So having a workflow for that, having a reference sheet for that, having directions for that is very important. And then we can go into best ways to incorporate new workflows and processes. So depending on what, what the workflow is and how elaborate it is, is, is going to determine how you're going to you know, transfer this information to your staff. A lot of times, uh, if you have something going on with your electronic system or your computers, you know, perhaps you wanna make sure that there are screenshots and that there is a demonstration of this and that you work with them directly to so that you know that they understand exactly what the new process is. If it's something that has to do with taking a phone encounter, maybe it's more simple and something that you can send in a memo that you can send in a message or just hand them a sheet. But some things do require that hands-on um, hands training and you wanna make sure that you're a part of that. And if you're unable to be there all the time, you wanna have a point person at your front desk who can take on that responsibility and who has the thorough, uh, thorough training to assist your other staff when it's needed. And you wanna make sure you're uh, reinforcing your current workflows and processes and making sure that your staff is doing the things that, the way they were meant to be done and not taking shortcuts, not forgetting things. And you know when you're following up with them, it's easier to, uh, pinpoint where maybe people are falling short or maybe someone's doing it really well or maybe they've added something and that's something that you need to incorporate 
into the workflow or you know the reference sheet so that your whole staff has access to that. Managing expectations. So you want to be very clear with your request for your front desk medical receptionist. You want to make sure that if you ask someone to complete a task that they have uh, very specific instructions, uh, that it's put in writing or it's documented somewhere. You're providing time frames. For instance, if, if someone is responsible for medical records or completing letters that your office has a standard and that your staff is very aware of what that standard is. So if we're going to complete things within 24 hours, then you know it has to be completed within 24 hours. If it's a week, it's a week. But you know they have to know this information because not only are they able to manage their time? They're also able to convey that information to the patients as they request it, this information. Um, you know, so that's very important with, with timeframes and being very clear and specific. And you wanna follow up regarding specific tasks. So if you have um, some of your front desk responsible for other areas outside of the typical check-in, check-out, um, answering of phones, and maybe they are responsible for, again, letters or disability forms, or they have to uh, you know, put together any type of report. You wanna follow up with them, making sure they have enough time to do this, that they're using their time wisely, uh, that the workflow that, they have, that you have in place is, again, working for that particular task. And provide resources to increase efficiency. Again, so that's gonna be any resources or reference sheets, any examples of why you know something needs to be done just to help them understand why it's important, why they're doing it, why they're doing it every day or every week. Um, and that will help your staff be able to do their job and be uh, confident in what they're doing and why they're doing it. And then again, you wanna obtain feedback from your front desk um, as often as possible, just checking in with them, you know, it doesn't always have to be about a meeting, but just checking in with them, making sure things are going well and that the tasks that they are, uh, have been assigned are reasonable for, uh, for them and that they have enough time to do it, they have enough assistance, they have enough backup at the front desk and, you know, managing uh, the expectations. So we're also gonna discuss expanding roles at the front desk. I always think that encouraging independence and leadership is very important to have a nicely oiled machine. You know, you're not able to be at the front desk all the time with your staff. You're not always able to be, you know, available by phone. So you want to make sure that they have all the resources they need and that they can work independently and that they feel safe enough and confident enough in their abilities and their skills to do the job. Um, you know, without constantly having to reach out to you or constantly having to ask, uh, you know, other leadership for for guidance. You know, I think that it should be reserved for, uh, you know, specific situations or, you know, situations that are out of the ordinary, you know, but you want to make sure that you encourage them to to complete tasks and the more information they have that allows them to to be independent and to whether, you know, they're not a manager, maybe they're not a supervisor, but they can have that leadership role at the front desk. This is their area. This is where they are every day. They're managing your, your front desk, dealing with every patient that walks in the door. They're also responsible for making sure your uh, waiting area is being managed properly. So, you know, they, they should be encouraged to have a level of independence so they take pride in what they're doing. And you also want to delegate with clarity 
And at the front desk, you may have, you know, someone who takes on a leadership role. And if you can support them with that and allow them to have a little more um, say in, in how things run, then that's great. If you can't make sure you're delegating with clarity, for instance, if you have an area of the front desk that's just a bit of a mess and you come up front and you say, you know what, this needs to be uh, you know, cleaned up by the end of the day, or these supplies need to be put away by the end of the day, and you walk away, and there are five people there that have to make the decision. If you say, if you, you know, are more clear and say, you know, assign it to two people and make sure they get it done by the end of the day, you're just cutting out the question of who should do this, when is it going to happen, you know, and, and that way, when the other three staff members realize that these two people took 15 minutes away, they know why. It's because you came up and said and assigned this task to them. So just a little bit of clarity will help, you know, there not be any animosity or tension as, as to who should be responsible for certain, certain tasks. Cross-train to benefit your practice. I have always been supportive of cross-training. Um, I know it's often difficult to train everyone to do everything, but, you know, when you have long-term staff, you tend to run into an issue where, not even an issue, but it's great, you know, you have people who've been there a long time, they take on uh, bigger responsibilities, they get them done, they know how to do it, the newer people, maybe they're just focused on the main uh, front desk responsibilities and, you know, managing your the patients as they're coming in and leaving and things like that, but you always want to be prepared for when perhaps the person who is more of a veteran and you know they're more skilled and more trained to if they're not there how are you going to survive you know you don't want to put yourself in a desperate situation so you want to make sure that there are more than one person who know how to do uh, maybe they're calling on referrals or you know initiating a preauthorization or you know, completing medical record requests. So you want to make sure that you have the you take the opportunity once people are trained on on their you know basic responsibilities that they have an opportunity to learn something new, and that lets people also feel good because they they know that oh you know what I can actually step in and help and do a little bit more. You know I'm valuable to this organization because I know how to do X Y and Z, and it helps you in case there's an emergency, someone's sick, someone retires, someone leaves. You're not in such a stressful situation because you at least have people who can pick up some of the slack until you're able to find a replacement and, um, <clears throat> excuse me, re restaff uh, your front desk. So acknowledging employee strengths and creativity. I find that when we acknowledge the strengths and creativity of our staff, it allows them to put a little bit more of an investment in their position and they feel more comfortable uh, at work and they feel more uh, again, valuable and that they can, you know, display other strengths that they have that don't have to do with them typing, you know, 80 words per minute. Um, so if there are other special events or things that your, your staff can be a part of, I would definitely make sure you're involving them and, you know, seeing if that is of interest to them. It may help take some things off of your plate and also allow your staff to be uh, involved at a greater level. Um, you know, they're there every day. They're putting in their time. They spend a lot of time with your patients. If you trust them with that, you can trust them with some other uh, special activities and, uh, you know, using their feedback and their input to make the office run better. 
encourage communication between clerical and clinical departments. Just make sure that all of your staff at your front desk know what modes of communication are, are acceptable between themselves and your clinical departments, what information uh, they need when they are communicating with the clinical department, if they uh, should be putting things in writing, if, if they should be using inter-office messaging, emails, or you know what, um, what situations would warrant them to be able to knock on a physician's door uh, to bring them out of a room or to get a nurse, you know, just having that and that comes back to those workflows and knowing exactly what I should do in this situation um, so that they have a reference point and they're not always looking to you for assistance. And we also want to improve low morale and complacency. There are Definitely multiple things that can cause low morale and complacency. So the first the first thing you want to do is get to the root of the issue. Um, definitely observing, you know, what's going on. A lot of times as a leader and a manager and administrator, you know what's going on. Perhaps there's a merger or, you know, there's some turnover and it's just changing, you know, how uh, things feel in the office. So those are certain things that you can kind of feel coming and you can get ahead of it by avoiding the tough discussions with your staff. Your front desk is, you know, keeping them in the dark doesn't always help things. Um, it kind of makes things worse and adds a little fuel to the fire. So you want to make sure that you're communicating with them and being upfront as much as you can. If you know there are changes coming, let them know about, you know, about the changes as much as you can. These are people too, they have families, you know, they have uh, responsibilities. They wanna make sure that they know what's happening in the workplace instead of coming in every day with uncertainty. So keeping people uh, up to date and aware of what's happening allows them to feel at least some level of security. Um, obviously you may not have all the answers. You may not know exactly what's gonna happen in the next six months, but if you know what's gonna happen in the next 60 days, why not make them aware of that? Um, use other ways to obtain feedback outside of meetings. Something simple as a suggestion box, you can get things anonymously that way, or you know, making sure that your staff knows how they can communicate with you about something that comes up that may not directly be uh, related to a patient. Maybe it's just related to some uh, situation that, that's going on you know, with your front desk staff or between your staff and other departments and, and things like that. So just make sure they know how to communicate with you and that you encourage that they do so. Address all concerns, if you, even if you're unable to give your staff the answer they want to hear. If there's something swirling around and you kind of, you know, there's chatter about it, you want to you want to kind of control that. So you want to make sure that you have the conversations. I know everyone's worried about this. Um, the only information I have to provide to you is X, Y, and Z, and you go from there. And, you know, then you give them a clear time of, you know, we'll follow up again next month or, you know, in a, in a couple of weeks as I receive more information. So that way they know that you understand that they are worried, they have concerns, and you're also you know, making them important in this process. And you also wanna encourage the teamwork to balance workload. Cross-training is important to this as well, because the more, you know, the more people know uh, different responsibilities, they can be, they can work even more as a team. Um, but when it comes to just your basic everyday activities, if I'm helping someone at the front desk, and but right before they walked up, I had to put someone on hold, and there is another receptionist sitting next to me who's not, 
you know, maybe doesn't have anyone on hold, doesn't have a patient in front of them, and they never pick up the call, you know, to help me out or say, you know, let me take let me take this patient so you can finish your call. Those are the kind of things that you should be looking for just to make sure that people are helping each other um, and working as a team so that now the person on hold doesn't have to wait and the person in front of me doesn't have to wait. And while this seems like common sense, oftentimes everyone does not work that way. So you have to kind of be the one to encourage that and to explain why that is important and to enforce that as well. Um, and incorporating team building activities is very helpful um, to do a couple times a year uh, as, as you're um, able to do that. Um, encourage personal growth. You know, sometimes with medical receptionists, you're, there are a couple different scenarios. Some people want to do healthcare administration. They want to remain in that position. They want to grow in that position. Other people have other um, goals and, you know, maybe they want to go back to school and do things like that. Um, if you're able to encourage that or be supportive of your staff as they're doing that, whether it has to deal with uh, schedule changes or, um, you know, generally it's going to be a schedule change because if someone wants to go to school, they, they need some time. But, you know, just anything that they're they're interested in, they've shared it with you or something that's going to affect their position, you know, just trying to be supportive as, as much as you can without it really having a great impact on your uh, your office production and, you know, your operation. And there are ways to do that. I've had to do it. I've needed it done for myself at times. And, you know, there are ways to do it. And I don't always think our first answer should be no. Um, so whenever you can, because you know those people, um, once they see you know that you're willing to help, they may stay around a lot longer um, to work with your practice and to be a part of of the group because they know that you care. And um, so whenever possible, it's great to to be a, a part of that. And and you see your your staff grow and you see a lot of um, growth in their professional in their professional career. Um, celebrating Awareness Month related to your specialty. That's also another way to get staff involved. You can, you know, if, some, if you're organizing walks, you're having fundraisers, maybe a couple times a year you're doing things like that, um, you don't have to always be the one to organize this in full. You know, ask your, your front desk staff if they, if they want to, you know, be the one to put it together, choose the date, um, prepare the announcements, share the information with your patients. That's a way to involve your staff, let them show some of their creative, uh, you know, some of their creative ability. Um, and also including them in decision-making when possible. And that more so has to do with things that are specific to the front desk. If you're changing a process um, because something new came from your billing department and you sit in your office and you write up this new uh, workflow and you haven't even asked your front desk staff, how it's going to affect them or, you know, what else they would need to to um, have this communication with a patient or receive this information from a patient. Uh, it's, you know, oftentimes you're going to find that there's holes in that. So as much as you can discuss with your front desk staff before, uh, you know, for things that are going to affect them directly, I would definitely do that because they often have great ideas. But if they feel like their ideas are not going to ever be um, incorporated, then they're going to stop sharing them. Uh, so you want to make sure that whenever possible, you can include them on the decision making. Complete an overall review of the year or the quarter so you can highlight any milestones, changes, 
patient reviews or improvements with your staff. I think that's an awesome way to share, you know, highlights that your staff may not normally be aware of. You know, these are things that you may have to notify your physician management about, but why not share patient reviews with your staff? Why not share um, great milestones that, you know, if you increased how many patients you were able to see or you increased, increased how many positive outcomes you had for, you know, the type of population that you treat, why not let them know that? It allows them to feel more part of the practice and they know, you know, where their energy is going and, and is helping to be a part of these wonderful things that your office has accomplished. So addressing inter-office conflict. You definitely want to <clears throat> observe when there comes, you know, when it comes to inter-office conflict. Internal conflicts are generally caused by a lack of communication or poor communication among staff members. So finding out where the breakdown is stemming from will allow you to address the issue more effectively. Uh, a lot of times we hear about things from, you know, maybe one staff member comes and they let you know about a situation and then immediately you go to address that. Um, but if it's something that's affecting more than, you know, more than just one person, you don't want to let the elephant linger in the room. You want to address the issue as soon as possible. You want to definitely not assume. You want to ask questions. You want to um, speak with the people involved and make sure that they are aware that it's important to <clears throat> come to you with certain issues before they start to, you know, talk about it with other people who cannot solve the issue. And usually uh, that happens when uh, employees are just become disgruntled for whatever reason. And you want to always make sure that your staff has that one-on-one -on -one opportunity to speak with you and when there is an issue when they see that you're addressing it fairly and professionally then hopefully the next time it will not get out of hand before you're able to address it and i'm i'm a supporter of if there are just two people who are having a conflict to have them in the same room and have those discussions um, it often comes down to miscommunication and can be resolved um, incorporate and or reinforce communication communication preferences between departments. We touched on that earlier. You want to make sure that, you know, perhaps your billing department prefers to get information one way, but your clinical department wants to get it a different way uh, just because of the patient's, uh, you know, privacy. So maybe you have to make sure that your staff is aware of that so they're not sending the same type of communication they send to the billing department to your clinical department and also making sure that those departments are aware of how your staff has been instructed to do that so that they know that your staff is doing things the right way and the way that they've been informed to do so. Um, when there is an issue beyond the front desk and there are other managers or supervisors that can help enforce positive communication, include them in your efforts. And again, this is kind of a lead by example. When your staff sees that you are supportive of what other managers and other supervisors are enforcing, and also um, you are you know, supportive of their decisions regarding their departments. So if it's your lab or your radiology department or, you know, your clinical, you know, your nursing and medical assistants, then they will know that they can't pull one over, you know, and that everyone is supporting each other because you all have the same goal. So if, um, if there is an issue that has to do with your uh, 
the way that you're maybe a medical receptionist um, addressed a clinical person, you know, then perhaps you and the, the clinical manager should address that together and let them know why, you know, this is an issue and it's not so much one against the others. We're coming together. We're going to resolve this so that everybody knows um, exactly how uh, to move forward the next time. Now, patient interaction and customer service. So quality care starts at the front desk. I think the front desk has a great advantage to set the tone for appointments, set the tone for how a patient will feel about your office, especially a new patient. Um, when they're answering the phone, how are they greeting your patients? If there's a specific greeting that you want to be used, make sure that they are doing that on a consistent basis. Um, make sure people are taking messages effectively and, you know, taking a message seems like a simple thing. And you can say, oh, you know, your workflow may say, answer the phone, take the message, you know, take a message that includes um, reason for the call. Reason for the call could be medication. Someone can just write medication, but someone else may say, patient needs refill of um, Zoloft, 10 milligrams, um, you know, 30 day supply. That way, the information is more specific. So you, when, once this message gets back to your nurse, they can look in the chart, make sure that, you know, that's what the patient is taking. But if the patient's on 10 medications and I write a message to say medication refill and give it to the nurse, what happens then? The nurse now has to call the patient back before they can even um, update, you know, make any changes or make the call to the pharmacy. The, you know, if the nurse is calling back, you want the call to be Hi, I received your message. We've refilled your medication. If you have any other questions, please give us a call. And that, you know, shuts down that extra call in between. So effective message taking um, is important to customer service because the patient, when they get that call back, they're just being notified that their prescription has been uh, completed, right? So they made one call to the front desk and went from the front desk to the nurse and it was resolved. Um, welcoming patients, welcoming your patients uh, into your office. How is that being done? You know, are, is everyone being addressed when they walk in? Oftentimes, you know, you can walk into a place and you stand there for five minutes and no one has addressed you. And, and that's not only in healthcare, that's in, you know, different industries, but we should not have, that should not be standard in healthcare. If I walk into a medical office, I expect that someone's going to acknowledge me. So if someone's on the phone, your staff should know they could at least look up, make eye contact with the patient or, you know, use a hand gesture um ask them to please have a seat or sign in you know people need instruction you know they need to know what to do when they come in so you want to make sure that your patients are being welcomed um in a manner that is uh, whatever the standard you want to you know have perceived for your office um, obtaining information and patient privacy making sure that your your staff is uh, being mindful of patient privacy and we know that there's restrictions based on HIPAA, but you also want to make sure that something general, I, you know, you've walked walk into a medical office and the person sitting at the desk will say, what are you here for today? Now, if there's someone standing next to me or behind me, maybe I don't want to tell you what I'm here for today. Now, you know, with a lot of the systems that we're working with, if you're using the electronic system, or even if you're still on a paper system, the patient called to make an appointment, which means that information is probably already in there. So they should not be asking that question um, unless there is a very specific reason why you need to, to know that, or maybe they can have a piece of paper where they can write that information down. Because, you know, 
certain, you know, some patients, instead of having someone feel uncomfortable or feeling put on the spot that they have to answer that question, you just want to make sure you have things in place to where uh, the patient is able to um, either not have to answer that question where your staff is not asking questions that uh, should be either written down or asked in uh, private. In, in private. Um, also want to make sure that your staff is showing empathy, patience, and paying attention. So empathy is, is not always um, is not always natural, doesn't come natural from everyone. So sometimes, you know, some people have a different nature about them, a different attitude, and you just want to make sure that, that your staff is aware of what is expected of them, uh, depending on the type of patient uh, population that you're dealing with and make sure it falls in line with what is required and what is healthy and, you know, best for your patients. And uh, when I say having patients, you know, patients as far as patients coming in, they're filling out paperwork. Some people are slower than others. Some people have issues seeing. Some people have issues writing. Some uh, some patients, um, you know, may have a disability or need assistance. So you want to make sure that your medical receptionists have the patients to handle these uh, situations. And, you know, even all, you know, with all your patients are on the phone. If someone is longer winded, they have to find a way to be able to um, communicate with these people without being uh, rude or, um, you know, cutting them off and just finding a way and making, and it's really your, your job to make sure that they know how to do that and that they um, are treating your patients with the most respect um, and paying attention to them, listening to the patients and making sure that they are not assuming what someone is, is trying to tell them and actually listen and pay attention to what the patient is actually saying. Uh, keeping patients in the waiting room informed. This is very important. You know, everyone's time is very valuable. Our patients have other appointments, just like we have, you know, important things going on. So it's always important to let your patients know that there's a wait, um, and you know that should be coming from your medical receptionist, keeping them up to date as best as possible. Even walking out into the waiting room is very helpful. You can kind of walk out, let them know, hey, you know, we are behind. Uh, you know, I'll follow back up with you in 20 minutes. Uh, different things like that, or if they know that uh, the doctor or the nurse or, or whatever department is behind, they can let the patient know as they uh, check in. That way the patient can make their own decision as to whether they're going to wait, whether they want to reschedule, whether they need to leave and come back, or whatever uh, the case may be. So your front desk and waiting area. Organization is key to a successful front desk operation. Forms, supplies, in and out boxes. You want to make sure that all the forms that you have are neat and you have clean copies, that your supplies are stocked and that, you know, your staff isn't running out of things and having to run around and, and look for stuff because that just takes time away. Um, in and out boxes, you want to make sure where things go is clearly um, designated. If you have physicians coming up, bringing things to the front desk and they're just dropping them down, um, you know, that's how things get lost or maybe your medical receptionist will overlook something that needed to go to a patient. So you just want to have kind of designated areas where everyone in the office knows where things go. Your printer, scanners, fax machines, make sure they're in, you know, good working order. Uh, when someone has to 
stop what they're doing because the printer is jamming every time uh, someone prints more than five pages. You know, you want to make sure these things are getting repaired, making sure they're working order because that's a hindrance to your front desk. It becomes frustrating. It slows down the time that they have with your patient. It increases the time that a patient may be waiting uh, for them or that another office is waiting uh, to receive something if your fast machine is, is not working or, or whatever the case may be. Having clearly marked check-in and check-out areas just comes down to making sure people know where to go on their way in and on their way out. Uh, if you have a smaller office, it's not always a bigger issue, a huge issue, but sometimes if you have a, a larger office and you want to make sure people are checking out uh, and that they're not walking right out the door and not, you know, getting what they need or, uh, you know, receiving their next appointment and things like that. So having those areas clearly marked. Any notices, announcements, and instructions, you want to make sure that they are up to date. Notices sometimes uh, can have to do with your late policy, your no-show policies, things that you have in the in your uh, reception area for your patients to see. Um, any announcements, any changes, if you're changing locations, if you are um, changing your hours, making sure these announcements are up to date, that they're everywhere, you know, your patients would have access to them, whether it be your website or your uh, reception area. And instructions and pamphlets and patient information. So, you know, oftentimes you're going to, your, uh, your office may complete uh, certain surgical procedures in office, um, injections and different things like that. And so we tend to have pamphlets of information. So you always want to make sure that those pamphlets are, are current and up to date. You know, we kind of tend to purchase things in bulk, but if you only do a procedure twice a month and you've ordered 2,000 of them, they can be um, out of date. So you want to just make sure you're looking at those things periodically, making sure it's still current, making sure that all the information that you have out for your patients is up to date and current. The 360 view and meeting differently. I think doing a 360 review is extremely important um, to really get some information that you may not get otherwise. Uh, you know, do you know what your medical receptions think of your leadership? Do you know how, how they feel about their coworkers? Finding out where everyone stands allows you to move forward in a more proactive way and tackle the issues. Obtaining information confidentially improves the likelihood of pure honesty. So getting these, uh, completing these reviews anonymously is very helpful. Um, and in doing that, your staff can review you. Um, your staff can also review, uh, your front desk uh, receptionist can review each other. And then when you have all this information, you can look and see where, you know, there maybe people are doing really well, or maybe there's a trend about, you know, one person, maybe they need some assistance somewhere or some additional training. And then you can also see where you stand um, in the eyes of your of your employees. And I think that's very important for us every now and again to know what um, where we can perhaps improve or where we are doing a great job and make sure we continue to do that. You can also take a different approach to your meetings. Um, get suggestions and topics from your staff and other management prior to the meeting. Uh, I always involve uh, other management, especially if some of the process 
processes that your front desk completes have to do with your billing department, have to do with your clinical department? Are they scheduling certain appointments the right way? You know, is that affecting um, how the clinical staff is able to manage, you know, what's going on in the back? Um, are they uh, getting all the insurance information or social security numbers or things like that for your billing office to follow up beyond the initial claim process. So you want to make sure that you, you know, kind of follow up with your with your other leadership, make sure that there's nothing that needs to be brought to the attention of your staff during your meetings. If there's a new process that's been incorporated, uh, between you know your current meeting you know in your last meeting you want to make sure that you can demonstrate that for them at least review it and then using a quiz or a test you know a quick questionnaire to make sure that they understand what you what you what the change is and that they have retained the information and also provide a reference sheet so they can add to the rest of their workflows um, use recent examples of recent scenarios to explain why you're discussing certain points. So during meetings, sometimes it ends up being, you know, you're talking about the same things over and over again. So when you're bringing up an issue, you want to kind of support that issue. Why are we talking about this? Because, you know, two weeks ago, Mr. Johnson came in the office. He had uh, several different questions that, you know, involved his bill, his last appointment, a concern he had about the physician, and it wasn't handled uh, very efficiently. So in the future, if you have this issue, we're gonna do X, Y, and Z. So it just helps them connect it to an actual situation as opposed to it being just additional information. Um, and have uh, meetings offsite if, it's, if possible, um, just to have a little bit of a change of scenery. I think that's very helpful um, as leadership administrators management, we often have the opportunity to do that ourselves. Our staff generally does not. Support your frontline. As managers and administrators, you often have a full plate. Your front desk staff is a part of that and they look for you for support. So you want to be fair and, you know, whether it's in your disciplinary actions, whether it's in, uh, you know, your uh, dispersing of workload, um, and then privacy. And when I talk about privacy here, I'm not talking about, uh, I'm talking about the actual privacy between you and your staff. Um, say someone takes time off and, you know, they have the time. They didn't have to tell you why they're taking that time off, but they confide in you that they're, uh, you know, someone in their family is ill or something is going on. But they, you know, they're speaking to you about that. And I don't think that, um, it should be shared you know with other people in the practice if it's not necessary and so your staff needs to be able to have a certain level of trust with you and that you're going to be mindful of their own privacy you know if not then i would just make sure that you're not open to those discussions with your staff because i find that the privacy is very important uh, when people can confide in you uh you know they're they are more likely to to be very honest when it comes to other things that have to do with the practice and have to do with the office and different actions that take place but they need to know that they can trust their leadership and accountability making sure that you're accountable for uh, anything that you have uh, mentioned to your staff that you were going to do uh, what you know to help their um, everyday processes uh, be better. If you've made, you know, certain decisions and given them timeframes, make sure you're sticking to that and also hold them accountable for anything that they are supposed to do, any changes that they were supposed to make. Um, avoid favoritism. 
and that comes along with your fairness. You know, yes, you may have people that have been with you for many, many years. You may have people that are in your mind, the rock star, but when it comes to how you interact with them at work, it needs to be very fair and it needs to be fair across the board. Um, listen to your staff when they have a concern, you know, do not brush things under the rug. Most of the time they're gonna have a very valid concern. Um, they're at the front desk every day. They, you know, they see what's coming in and out of the office. They're answering phones, they're doing, um, they're practicing these different workflows and they know, you know, many ways that you know things can be improved or they know where the issues are so you should really listen to them and always lead by example front desk priorities so obviously stellar customer service um, payment collection demographic and insurance data entry scheduling and consistency so you always want to um, you know be very supportive to your front desk and very encouraging when it comes to customer service and payment collection and making sure you're uh, expressing the importance of these tasks um, because these are the things that uh, will affect your other departments, will affect your bottom line, uh, will affect how uh, your practice is viewed um, you know, outside by your patient population. So you wanna make sure that your staff is being very consistent, they're uh, following scheduling procedures, they're entering information and insurance correctly, and that they're asking for payments and that they're following whatever the protocol is for your office regarding deductibles, co-pays, um, you know, and uh, self-pay payments. And that they're just providing stellar customer service and that can be anything from how they're welcoming your patients, how they're following up with your patients. If, if they have patients that they need to call back, provide information to, the more information that your staff is aware of um, and the more knowledgeable they are, the better customer service they can provide because they're able to answer the questions. They're able to um, help a patient from beginning to end uh, you know, within their realm of what the responsibilities are of your medical receptionist. So today's takeaways, front desk receptionists require structure. That's very important. Everyone wants to know exactly what they need to do and they're able to move through their day much easier. They have resources, they have references, and they have you uh, to help them along through their, through their you know, medical receptionist career and responsibilities. Um, medical receptionists provide a very valuable service to our patients and deserve to be a part of the decision-making process when applicable. So you always want to keep them involved and keep their um, opinions, you know, held high and and not uh, not uh, push their you know their concerns under the rug. You always want to make sure that you include them when you can. Um, an organized front desk can be a very much more productive front desk. I think that goes for all of us. The more organized we are, the quicker we can uh, complete tasks, the better we can access information that we may need for our patients, our uh, physician managers and, and things like that. So being organized at the front desk, having your supplies, making sure your printers are working, your keyboards and things are all operational is very important. Providing clear expectation expectation, excuse me, reduces the chance of conflict and uncertainty. So the clearer you are and the more upfront you are, the better chance uh, you have of having 
less conflict in your office. There's no uncertainty. There's transparency. Everyone is aware of what is expected of them, how to do it, when to do it, and um, they know who to go to when they have any questions or concerns. And I will end with medical receptionists are the bridge. They are the bridge between anyone that wants to move through any process in your office, whether it's over the phone or to the front desk. And so it's extremely important that we we support them in their in their role in our offices. Thank you so much. Thank Kathy? you so much, Siobhan. Yes, thank you so much. I appreciate that. It was a really great presentation. Thank um, you. Thank you. Um, do you have a uh, a slide that has your contact information on it? Absolutely. Okay, great. Well, we had a few questions um, come in. So oh, I, great. Uh, I didn't know if you had a moment to answer those. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so the first one is, um, how often would you recommend front desk specific meetings? Okay, so meetings obviously are a great way to get a lot of information um, to your staff and receive a lot of information from, from them. Uh, generally, I would say quarterly. If you are checking in with your staff regularly, you know, there should not be a need to officially meet more than that. You figure 90 days provides enough time to have valuable information to discuss, um, as opposed to just having meetings monthly where everything, you know, everyone can't wait to go home. You know, people are just kind of like, oh, we just, you know, we just had a meeting, you know, but you don't want to waste your time. You don't want to waste your staff's time. And, you know, quarterly, if you think January, April, July, October, you know, in October, you can start discussing things that may be coming up in the next year. Um, you know, in January, also in October, you know, any insurance changes. So you kind of have to look at it that way and you kind of can also prepare yourself across those three months. So it may not only be processes and, and um, workflows that are changing, but there may be some other things that you want to discuss and, you know, holidays are coming up, vacation time, things like that. Um, so when you have them scheduled in advance, you can look ahead and discuss uh, any dates, specific concerns, you know, the weather and anything of that nature, depending on, on where you are. So I would definitely say quarterly is a, is a good uh, standard. Great. Yeah, you don't want to tire everybody out with too many meetings, but that sounds like a good a good standard. Right. Okay. Um, sure. Another one is um, what team building activities do you recommend? You said um, you had mentioned team building activities. So what do you recommend um, that can be done on site? Okay, so on site, and I, I always try to give uh, information for on site because everyone, you know, can't go to do, um, you know, things outside like the escape rooms and, you know, bowling right. and things like that. So one thing um, I would say is, you know, you can do office trivia, especially if you have a smaller group. Um, you can, you know, do role playing where uh, one receptionist can be the patient and the other responds to the patient as the receptionist. Uh, you can create patient profiles and the employees, you know, can choose one. And then it allows for you to have a little discussion on how they handle the situation. And you can have different profiles of, you know, the patient of maybe why they're coming in, their age, their name, you know, their um, if they're late or not, you know, and just create that kind of profile. Um, but I think that also takes, you know, you have to have people who are willing to participate in something like that. Um, another thing that I would say is a scenario-based game where you're basically creating cards with specific 
um, office uh, situations. So say we let the staff create one to four steps on how to handle the situation, right? Then you pair them up and they must co uh, collaborate to create another set of um, steps to resolve the issue. So this will mean, you know, that they have to agree on the same steps. So again, we're team building. So now they're forced to create one solution. And then, you know, depending on how many staff members you have, you can keep joining teams until you're kind of down to two teams. And um, I would suggest using a timer. Um, that's very helpful. And, you know, when you have your final two resolutions, you can um, have your staff ind individually vote on the best solution. And then you as a leader uh, can direct a discussion and um, include your input on whether or not you think it was perfect or you know what you would have expected them to do differently. So I think those are some ways. And you can also um, consider having a guest speaker in your office. It's rare that you people have someone specific for their front desk. You know, often you know we do things for the entire office, but you can also um, you know have someone who may be willing to just focus on your front desk staff, and that's kind of a treat for them. Great, great ideas. Thank you. Okay, um, we have another question. Um, I am new to my practice and our workflows are outdated. How should I begin to tackle this? Okay, so I mean, you know, generally, you know, the work doesn't stop, right? People are still working, they're still completing their everyday uh, tasks. But what I would do coming into a new position is pull together all, all of the that's a great question. <laughs> I would pull together all the references and resources um, that your office has and um, everything that your front desk references to complete their tasks. And then, you know, once you have all this, you can create um, a list of each task or workflow by priority. You know, obviously, you know what you think is most important that you know should be done first, and then set a goal for. Uh, completion. So if you say, okay, there are maybe 20 different things that you have to rewrite, how in, how much time is it going to take you to get this done? Some of them obviously are shorter than others. Others are going to be, you know, more elaborate. So you want to just give yourself a time frame to complete them and just start working on them because you're if you're newer to the group, you're going to have a lot of other things that you have a responsibility for, but you want to put an end date to this so that it gets done because um, as a new addition, um, you know, you're going to be very busy, but once you have these workflows ready, you know, it will position you and your medical receptionist for a more successful uh, future. So that's what I would suggest. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much, Siobhan. Um, do you have any other words of advice or anything else that you would like to leave us with? Um, I think I just want to encourage everyone to be um, very supportive of their front desk staff. I think our receptionists have a wonderful um, disposition where, you know, they can set the tone and you want to just make sure that you're supporting them, as I said before, every step of the way because they are going to be, you know, and continue to support you and your clinical staff. So, you know, just because they they may not have, you know, medical degrees and, and they may not, uh, you know, be nurses, but they have a very, very important role and always just recognize that and, and be there to support them because they support our groups uh, tremendously. Great advice. Thank you. Well, yes, thank you.
So um, audience and attendees, thank you so much for attending as well. Um, please use the contact information on the screen for any questions um, to contact Siobhan directly. Um, or if you think of something later, please send us questions and we'll forward them on. Please remember your PACOM and your PMI CEU certificate will be emailed directly to you from within two days following the broadcast. Um, so it might not be immediately, but it'll be within two days following the broadcast. There's no need to request it. Um, you, you can also register for future webinars or request a demo of our compliance solution on our website, which is firsthcc.com or call us at 888-543-4778. And thank you for joining us.